Welcome to today's episode of the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. My name is Aaron Bossy, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we're going to have a guest from the paranormal side of things, Mr. Artie Hoffman. And then for the geek resources part of the show, I'm going to have a special note as to the future of the podcast. So please pay attention to that. Let's get started. On mic today, we have Artie Hoffman. How are you doing this fine day, sir? Hey, I'm doing really good. I'm feeling good. Everything's what? going great. Yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about uh, all what's going on out there around the world in the sense of the virus itself. As far as all the circumstances going on, that sucks. But as far as the virus itself, I'm not worried about that at all. Glad to hear that. I was actually hoping you were going to bring that up. So let's get that off the bat right away. <laughs> yeah, because no, it's the hottest topic right now. No, mm-hmm. I, I personally think it's way overblown by 10,000 times. And I think they're doing an overkill. I mean, you know, the between it, it's a virus. It's it's like everything else. It's not mm-hmm. like uh, the plague. Um, you know, that they, they make it sound like every other person has it. And yeah, right. It's it's just like it's just like the flu or or any other uh, swine flu or whatever else it was. It's not, you know, it, it, all of a sudden everyone's afraid of everybody, and that's what they want, and that's ridiculous. So it kind of ticks me off about, you know, how they instill fear. And I think it's all political. I 100 percent, 100 percent believe it's all political. And, um, you know, so I'm not afraid to touch anybody. I'm not afraid to be in anybody's company. I'm not afraid to uh, be in crowds. Uh, you know, if somebody has a cold, somebody has the flu. Listen, it is what it is. And it attacks mostly um older people it's you know people who have a low immune system and mm-hmm. i i've been taking vitamins for a while now to uh build up my immune system so i really don't give a crap so if you do find out you have the coronavirus right away they say just drink water and it'll flush it right out of your system just keep drinking a lot of water like every 15 20 minutes and if you feel like you have it just it'll just flush it out of your system now i hadn't heard that one yet so that that's that's interesting on that uh, but it does make some sense. Yeah. So, like I said, I I 1000% believe it's all political and it's bullcrap. And, you know, a, a lot of it is that they're trying to make life very difficult for Donald Trump. Um, and I just, like I said, he's still, I, I, I'm not a very political person. I'm anti-politics. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you this, and I, and I, Donald Trump will 100% win the presidency. Mm-hmm. Will definitely win the presidency the second go around. So, you know, and they're and they're just pulling out all the stops to try to put the fear in people and whatnot. This is going to blow over. It's just, you know, it's right now they have everybody heightened up, and then all of a sudden one day, what one one or two people are going to say, okay, everybody, it's okay, we got it under control. Like what? All of a sudden everybody's safe again? It, it, it makes no sense. It's stupid. You know, I don't even. I don't even think that's going to happen. I think what it'll be is is the next big story will come along, and then this will just quietly stop being talked about. That that's the way most of these things end up getting resolved. I've, I so seldom see a story in the news where somebody says, "Hey, that problem we had is gone now. We just have a new problem." That's the, the only way we deal with things in the no, news is we suddenly have a new problem and the old one gets silenced. Yeah, yeah. It, this is just a temporary thing. It's not like. You know, it's just like people do an over fear kill when there's, uh, you know, they say, oh, there's a snowstorm coming. 
and then mm-hmm. they stockpile it up like it's they're going to be in, inside their house for two weeks. It's like it's ridiculous. It's like it, it just fear and arrogance just irritates me. It, it really does. I don't have uh, I don't have patience for for stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. just it's nonsense. It's just the creation of your own perception of your own mind. It's not reality. It's just it's the reality of the person who who is fearful and worried. You know, I mean, I feel bad. Don't get me wrong. I feel bad. For people who are sick, who are genuinely sick, I mean, that sucks. Mm-hmm. But like I said, you know, it's like walking into a hospital. It's like, well, why should anyone go into the hospital? Everyone's filled with diseases there. That's why it's a hospital. You know, but you have people walking around like no big deal. It's like, give me a break, you know. And if you are going to be in an area where somebody is very vulnerable with their immune system or whatnot, you just put a mask on yourself for, for not your sake, if anything, for their sake, you know. Mm-hmm. So because they're vulnerable. So that's what you do when you go into a hospital. If somebody has a low immune system or a low situation going on with their health. So, but it, it really is. It's it's an overkill. It's ridiculous. And I'm, it's, I'm just upset about the way it's going. About. I'm, you know, I feel bad that, you know, everything was shut down, mm-hmm. you know, which again, I think is an extreme overkill. Um, but you know what? It is what it is. And you know, I, that's why I don't care about politics. You have no control over that. I just I just take care of my own little world here. That's mm-hmm. all I have to control. I still I'll still go out and have a nice time with somebody, you know, do my own thing. You know, I, I just do my arty thing, I, whatever that may be, whether it be watching TV, going to the movies. Right? I don't even know if they, the movie theaters are open, but going to restaurants, um, you know, BSing with friends or whatever. So, like I said, the whole damn thing is just an extreme overkill, extreme, all capital letters, extreme overkill. And it's just, it's just upsetting. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, it sucks like what so many thousands of people have it in different countries, but how many millions and millions and millions of people are in the country? You're Mm -hmm. talking less than 0.01%, 0.01% of 0.01% that have it. It's not like every other person, you know? So it's like, what? So there's a plane crash. So all of a sudden, everyone stops flying. Give me a break. People there's do. About, there's there's about ten thousand planes in the air every single day, and it's like you hear about a plane crash once every few months or once every six months, whatever. And and it sucks when it happens. You know, I feel sorry for everybody who's going through, who actually has to go through that crap. But it's mm-hmm. like getting hit by a lightning storm. What? Don't go outside. So and so got struck by lightning. Nobody go outside. It's lightning outside. If I'm going to get hit, I'm going to get hit just like the lottery. If it hits me, it hits me. That's a decent outlook. It really is. You're talking about doing your arty thing and you're talking about uh, you were hitting on a lot of things that we're about here. It's like, look, make the best of your life. Make the best of the people you're with. Do the best you can to make the world a better place. We don't really do politics on here just because I want to be open to anybody who wants to come on. I don't want to just pick a certain mindset and only have those kinds of people on here. So when you say doing your arty thing, you are, uh, I don't want to, you're a medium, you say? Yeah. A medium um, and a, a life coach. And you're doing a lot of that work right here, right now. And I can definitely see why you'd have a knack for it. Thank you. Yeah, no, which, yeah, I'm a, I'm known as a psychic medium, life coach, spiritualist, and you know, a lot of people who come in to see me, they want to know what their future is, and a lot of times, 
I might sound like Dr. Phil rather than, uh, you know, somebody who's psychic, you know, and say they feel like, you know, I feel like I'm going through therapy right now. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why I talk to certain people in a certain way, it's not always the problem. That's the problem. It's how you're handling it, how you're visualizing it, mm -hmm. how you're dealing with it. That's the problem. The problem is what it is. You know, so what you need to do is come to an acceptance of what it is. I'm not saying you have to like it. All I'm saying is you need to come to an acceptance of whatever circumstances you have going on in your life, whether it be you personally or whether it be you in a relationship. But when you accept the person for who they are or the situation for what it is, then you can adjust yourself according to the situation of what's given to you. So you can make it a horrific experience, an emotional horrific experience, or you could um, take it as passe and just, you know what, it is what it is. I'll just make the best of it. That's all I can do. So when people come in to see me and I rewire their way of thinking, it gives them power within their life. So now they could handle their relationships or their circumstances much better because they're no longer giving their power away to other people. I give power back to themselves. And that's what it's all about. Because if I was just to tell people future events based on their energy when they come to see me, then their reading will suck because I'll be telling them about, about a bunch of woeful things mm -hmm. that are to happen because your energy sucks. You're creating it. Energy breeds energy. So what I do is I like without them saying a word, you know, when I'm in their company or even over the phone, I'm just as accurate over the phone. So when I'm in somebody's company, it's like um, I pick up on their energy and then uh, I feel what they're going through. And then I see how they're thinking about themselves or the situation. And then I just rework their way of thinking, their, their frame of thinking. So now that they could start feeling better about themselves and they can make healthier choices. And a lot of times it's about giving them the courage to leave a job or, or a relationship that they're not happy with or that they're not, you know, yeah, that they're not happy with so that they can now move on to a better circumstance. And so many people are so afraid of being alone that a lot of times it is better than being alone than dealing with constant resistance on a daily basis. You know, there are too many people who say, you know what, at least I got, well, I might have crap, but at least I know the crap I got, you know, and that's terrible. That's a terrible way of thinking. Mm -hmm. but unfortunately, that's the way people think. And then people become very codependent emotionally or financially on their partner. So people under those circumstances or with their job, uh, people under those circumstances have what's known as golden handcuffs. Golden handcuffs is when you're in a job or a relationship that you don't like. But yet the benefits are just good enough to keep you there. They're golden handcuffs. And, and it sucks. And I, and I see a lot of people and a lot of my friends are in relationships where it's like they're just always very agitated. And I was very agitated with my previous relationship. And I basically just said to her, I said, look, I said, if this is all you have to give me. And I loved her with all my heart. I really did. I did not want us to break up. But I said to her, if this is all you have to give to me, then you know what? I'm out. I'm out because I'm tired of feeling like crap when because I 100 percent believe the love and respect that you give to someone is the love and respect you deserve in return. So, 
you know, that, so everything that you're hearing of me right now is more of the life coach in me. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm not being psychic. I'm not being medium, you know, for those of you who say, well, what's the difference? Um, a life coach is what I just said to you. It's about talking about life and giving you a healthy perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, a psychic predicts, uh, the past, I mean, predicts the, the present and the future. A psychic will help you understand your past of, of events that what you're going through, what happened. And a medium is somebody who communicates uh, to people who passed away, the dead. But they're really not dead, but their body's dead, but their spirit lives on. Like you and I right now, it's like even when we go to, when our bodies go into the cemetery or if you're cremated, whatever, um, you're still not dead because your soul and spirit is who we are and your soul and spirit uh, is using your body to express itself. So once you die, it's not you that dies, it's the body that dies and the soul lifts up out of the body and it goes into a different energy life form and you just continue living your life but just in a different energy life form. So that's why I'm able to connect to people who passed away because they've never died. The soul never died, just the spirit. It's just that we miss them in the form that we know it because we're stuck in this human world, you know? So it's like um, we're spiritual beings living a human experience. So when you contact somebody from, I'm going to use the phrase the other side, um, how does that introduction happen? How do you become aware of them at first? Well, either they make themselves aware to me by sending images in my head or when I look at a picture. So on the time, I have friends who don't need a picture. They'll just like get in that mode. And Mm -hmm. I could do that, too, at times. But um, for me, I've always used a picture as a crutch. I don't need a picture when the people are alive or Mm -hmm. or I don't need a picture. Like if you want to talk about somebody who's alive, whether it be your brother, your friend, your parents, your siblings. I don't need a picture. You just have to mention their name and stuff, and I'll just start looking at them. You know, I'll start looking at the cards, or I'll start getting images right away. But with the deceased, um, sometimes I could do that, uh, and sometimes I can't. Well, actually, when I do live shows, for whatever reason, I could do it. I don't know. It has to do probably with my personal uh, self-confidence, maybe. I don't know. But, um, you know, I've been pretty accurate, you know. there are times, you know, people say, well, do you tell people bad news? Um, I don't tell people when they're going to die. It never serves a purpose. Um, the only t- time I'll tell somebody when they're going to die, die, is if somebody's already on their deathbed and you're taking care of them. So you want to prepare yourself. That's different. But if you're just living a regular, normal, average life, even if you're sick, I'm still not going to tell you when you're going to die because subconsciously, you're always just going to think about it in the back of your mind. You can create that to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I don't want to put that seed into anybody's head. You know, so I, I think anyone who does tell anybody when they're going to die, I think they suck. And, um, you know, or if somebody tells you, oh, somebody put a curse on you. You know, uh, those people are usually the ones who are trying to manipulate you and get thousands of dollars from you so that they can remove the curse uh, that they said you had. And you know who put the curse on them? The person who just told them that there's a curse on you. Because they did that as a subliminal, um, oh, what's that called? When you're projecting your thoughts onto somebody to make something happen. Um, oh, I forgot what the hell that phrase is. 
But anyway, it's it's when you put thoughts into people's mind to to make them do what it is, subliminal suggestions. Mm-hmm. That's it. So um, so those people who say, oh, somebody put a curse on you, I have this and you have that. So they magnify their fears and worries. So now it's like, pay me thousands of dollars and I will remove the curse from you. And it's like, I don't buy into that crap. You know, I just don't buy into it. Are there people who just got bad juju around them? Yeah, there's some of those people. But it's something that if you have a good life coach or, you know, some, you know, uh, positive people around you or you change your thoughts, if you keep on hanging around people or situations that are negative, yeah, your, your circumstances are going to continue to suck. They're not going to change. You're going to have to change and say and step up your game and say, all right, this is enough. I, I don't this is enough. I, I don't want this anymore. You know, it's like it's not for me. But unfortunately, too many people grow comfortable in the uncomfortableness. And, um, you know, and it's a shame because they look at it as a way of life. So I give people a lot of credit who are bold enough to want to make changes in their life. uh, Who do say, you know what, I'd rather live in a cardboard box than in this large house with with an a-hole. Or with these hairy situations, you know, it's people should be going for a quality of life, emotional quality of life, and not the material quantity of life. And that's where people are most disillusioned. So, I mean, I understand, you know, they say money isn't everything. Money and, and fire are extremely important in life, extremely important. And so is love. But if you don't respect the energy, like anything, it could bite you in the ass. You know, money, people say, oh, they say that, you know, I just, you know, I'm in the process of writing my second book. Um, but I'm not going to say what the name is because I don't have it copywritten just yet. But I'm in the process of writing my second book. I do have a book out that I promise you, everyone who's listening, you're going to think I wrote this book specifically for you. Because it has a lot of interesting uh, um thought process about life itself and about your life and your way of thinking. So um, I just went off on a tangent and I just don't know what I, I forgot uh, what I was just talking about, where I was going. That's all right. We were just, we we got off starting with uh, just discussing what it's like to introduce ourselves to the other side. And then you did a really good job of kind of explaining the differences and, and how you perceive these things and how useful it is. Uh, and that that's a heck of a great start that you're blowing my mind with everything you're, you're mentioning here. And I'd love to sit and talk about any of this stuff for an extended period of time. Oh, thank you. I, I, I have a huge interest in this. And, and my wife and I were just talking about last night how uh, people who can perceive things without a logical reason why. It's there, out of fear. That's why. It's strictly out of fear. Okay. You know, that's why people do what you just said. They'll just change things even when things are okay. But, you know, that's the difference. You know, as a psychic, that's the difference. It's really ticking me off because there was an interesting topic or something I know I wanted to say. And I just went off on a tangent, but that's what happens. When, as a psychic, I don't remember jack crap what I say to people. I don't remember next to nothing. The only time I remember things is when people come back to me after the fact. Mm-hmm. And they'll tell me what happened, what I said, and then what happened. And then that's pretty exciting. And I'll remember that because I'm in a conscious state of mind. 
But while I'm reading and stuff like that, while I'm doing readings, I don't, you know, I don't remember uh, what I say when I'm saying it in the moment. So, um, yeah, but uh, unfortunately, as you're experiencing with the public now, everyone is motivated by fear. And, you know, there's two types of, and I say this metaphorically, and because this has to do with life, there's two types of swimmers. There's the swimmer who swims really good out of fear because they're afraid of drowning and because the tide is going in reverse. And if you don't build up your muscles or become a really good swimmer, you're going to go over the Niagara Falls. You're going to go over the falls. So you have to become a really good swimmer to go against the tide. Um, and then there are people who are really good swimmers because they love to swim. So they're doing it for the love of it. So there are people who are overly successful because they're so afraid of becoming a failure in life. They're so afraid of being poor because of what they've experienced in life that they become an overachiever. And, um, and then there are people who become very successful in life because they love doing what they love to do and they become really good at it. Now, the people who are really good at what they do, but they start to get bored with it. It's like, yeah, no, it's like, I'll give you an example. There are people who are great at buying homes, flipping homes, buying homes, flipping homes. You know, they buy it up, they fix it up, they sell it, they buy it, you know, and to them, it's just, all right, it's another house. It's another, you know, 50 G's in your pocket or a hundred G's or 20 G's, whatever in your pocket. And they do it again and again, and they play it again and again and again. So what happens when I tell people, when you become really good at what you do and it becomes a little monogamous to you, what you should be doing is teaching other people to do what you do so that you can now find excitement through other people's happiness and success. You know, you and I, we've been to the circus a few times. And so it's like, all right, so we know what to expect. And all right, it's entertaining. But when you bring a child to the circus for the first time, you know, you get excited to see it because you see it through their eyes and, and mm -hmm. they're excited. So, you know, like I said, when you're really good at doing something you love to do and you're showing somebody else, it's like it's a whole nother excitement. So if you get to that point, become a teacher or become um, a big brother or big sister to somebody and, and give them something that you have that you just, you know, may, we just take it for granted. It's just a way of life. It is what it is. You know, the excitement is not just people get in a routine and it's all routine. So it is, you know, and, and, and it becomes monogamous regardless. And it could even be within a relationship. So, you know, if, if you find that you're in a rut within your relationship, then go away to a bed and breakfast for the weekend. You know, visit friends out of state. You know, go away for a little mini trip. Um, give them something just because, not because it's a birthday, but just because you know that they would like it, you know. If you're really into them, if you really love the person, but just to do something out of the ordinary, just to keep it fresh, you know. Um, but anyway, I went off on a tangent again. So, but any case, but that was, you know, that's how I feel about life again, as far as, uh, you know, making life exciting, not just for yourself, but when you can share that with other people and you ignite other people. So, yeah, I have all this information with me. But my excitement is when I could share my gift, my, 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 my viewpoints with other people who I know are clueless. So, and, 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 and to get the testimonials from people of, 
how I made a difference in their life. That's what you want to do. That's where the excitement is. It's like, what did you do to help change other people's lives? Because that enhances your life automatically. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, if you're sharing your love with somebody, but they can't appreciate what you have to offer, then that's not the person for you. You want to share your love with somebody or your energy with somebody who is excited to be in your company or who appreciates what you have to offer. But if you're always chasing after somebody else's approval, that means you're not approving yourself. So. I'm just amazed that you can offer that kind of advice, which is extremely profound and extremely helpful at the same time. And you're not even touching on the psychic aspect of it or the medium aspect. This is strictly, you know, life advice, life coaching. And, and yeah, that's this is just life coaching. And this is what naturally just pulled through just now, because I feel like the people who are going to watch are going to get more out of that than just me being a psychic as an entertainer. Fair enough. Entertaining. I mean, I could, you know, like right now, we could switch gears. I just, it's just one thing led to another, led to another. But this mm-hmm. is the way I do readings also. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I say what I say, but I just, it just comes right out. It just comes right out. And I say things inadvertently uh, to people where I'm not sure if I'm on the money or not consciously. Uh, but most of the times I am right on the money and I'll just say things at the top of my head. I got to tell you a funny story. You're going to appreciate Please do. Please do. So I'm about to do a show in Atlantic city. All right. And not at the casinos, but at one of the uh, smaller hotels in Atlantic city. And so a lady was, who was working at the hotel, she says, well, you're, what do you do? I said, I'm a psychic. She goes, well, well, what does that mean? You know, I said, you know, I, I tell, I could predict people's future, you know, and tell them about what's going to happen before it happens type of stuff. I said, I'm not like the type of person who'll just stand here in front of you and say, oh, I see you have uh, three sisters. You live in a red house and you're going to Florida. She goes, but I am. And I do. I go, what are you talking about? I have three sisters. I live in a red house. And next week I'm going to Florida for vacation. Nice. And I said, wow, I guess I can do that. <laughs> It's nice so, to have that tool in your back pocket. So it's nice. Uh, yeah, it's called my ace in the hall, I guess, you know. So it's like I said, it's it's fun. It's 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 uh, interesting. It's fun. It's exciting. Um, you know, another interesting story. This one's in my book. I have a book called Angels and Answers and everyone mm-hmm. can get it on Amazon. Uh, or if you went to my website, artiehoffman.com. You can get my book, Angels and Answers. That's the book that I said could really help change your life. Um, and it's a very simplistic reading book. You'll 100% understand it, and you'll read through it in a blink. Um, but um, so the story in it, uh, I was doing a reading for a lady, and uh, I was at a party. I was doing, I call them arty parties. So people hired me to go to their houses. I do private sessions also. But this one person, she hired me to go to her house. I'm reading for her friends and family. So this one lady comes down and, and I'm reading for her. And I was connecting to her mother. You know, she gave me a picture of her mother. And at the end of the session, she said to me, she goes, Art, she goes, I'm having a hard time believing that you're actually connecting to my mother. I said, I can only share with you what the spiritual world shares with me. I go, why do you say that? She goes, well, no, she goes, I give you, I give you credit. You, you told me some specific things that had to do with my mom which, you know, makes sense. And you said some general things could apply to anybody, but it still applied to my mother. 
but I'm still having a hard time that you're actually getting these messages from my mother. I said, well, I don't know what to tell you. I said, well, let me see your mom's picture one last time. So anyway, her mom, I mean, the lady showed me a picture of her mom again for the last time because her reading was over. And uh, I said, your mom is showing me cows. She goes, what do you want me to do with that? I said, I don't know. I said, your mom is showing me cows. So in my eyes, mind, in my thoughts, I saw all the cows standing up and they were all mooing, all of them. So I looked at her and I said, I don't know why I'm doing this, but moo. And so she started to cry. She started to cry. And, she, and I go, what's the matter? And she points to her mother's picture and she goes, she goes, that's her name. I go, what are you talking about? That's her name. Her name's Muriel, but everyone called her Moo. Wow. Wow. So that's that's a neat way of actually getting something really, really specific from uh, some very, very vague imagery that that I, I'm trying to imagine how I would try to communicate from the other side if I was in that situation. Well, the thing is, is that when you become a psychic, everybody has a relationship with the angels. You develop um, you, you develop a, a, a communication, a language with the spiritual side. So they know, according to the way you think, they'll throw you images. So that makes sense. When you saw cows, you might be thinking, is your mom in Wisconsin? Uh, does she love milk? Uh, was she on the farm? You know, so your interpretation of the cow and my interpretation of what I saw is different. If you see the image of a cemetery, a cemetery doesn't always mean death. A cemetery could also mean, oh, you're about to start something new. You know, because the cemetery is the ending of one thing, but it's, it, it opens up new beginnings. Mm -hmm. You know, so, so there, you develop a language, you de develop a, an interpretation with the spiritual world and, and, and this communication uh, zone, as you will, with, with your spirit gods or your angels. So they send you images so that you'll understand. A lot of times the angels will sing a song to me and whatever the song is about, that's what's going on with the person. Interesting, is it usually a song you know or is it a new song? Uh, well, they'll play for me songs and I, and I don't know all the words to the songs, but I get the gist of, of certain words of the song. So the first time it ever happened to me, I'll never forget, is, um, Somebody was once asking me, it was an older woman, actually, she was in her 60s, and she said to me, she goes, Art, she goes, what do you see from my relationship? And in that moment, I heard a song by uh, Stevie Wonder, that's me and you, a part-time lover, we are undercover, passion on the road. And I said, and I'm hearing this song in my head, I said, your husband's cheating on you. She goes, I think you're right. She goes, I said, no, I know I'm right because I'm hearing the song in my head when you're asking me the question. And it just randomly popped into my head. That's uncanny. And that's like, such a, it's weird, but it's spot on at the same time that that's how you could communicate with somebody because music is said to be the universal language. Yeah. So there's another cool story where I have thousands of stories. So a lady comes in to see me for a reading. And she has tattoos like from her neck all the way throughout her whole body, you know, and she walks into my place for a reading 
And she said to me, she goes, Art, I've been thinking about you every single day for the last two years. I go, really? She goes, yeah. I, and I'm flattered. I mean, I'm not attracted to her, but I was flattered. And I just said, okay. I said, why were you thinking about me every day for two years? She goes, you did a reading for me in your apartment two years ago. And you held my hand. And as soon as you held my hand, you started singing the song. Highway to hell. I'm going to highway to hell. And which is by ACDC. Mm-hmm. So... I said to her, I said, you're doing something right now you should not be doing. And if you continue doing it, you're going to get caught very soon and you're going to be put in jail. I said, you're going to get caught. I said, you need to stop what you're doing ASAP and just start a new lease. She goes, well, she goes, one week later, I wasn't listening to you. And I did what I wasn't supposed to do. And I got caught doing it, what I should not be doing. And I ended up in jail for two years. And every day I woke up, I asked myself, why didn't I listen to Artie? So when I give messages to people, um, they're to, you know, so when you, when I say before, when I said earlier in the interview, you know, do I give hard news or bad news to people? If I'm going to give hard news to someone, I'm giving you answers so that you don't have to experience it. So if I am uh, doing a reading for somebody, and the next day they get in an accident or they had a blow up fight or they um, got fired from their job and doing something stupid, whatever it may be. A few people come to me right afterwards and say, Art, why didn't you tell me that? How come you didn't see this coming? That means you were meant to go through it and, I, and the messages weren't given to me. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. It's not that I wouldn't want to protect you, but you were meant to go through that experience. But if I'm giving you images of warning or if i was to see a car accident at a major intersection you better play defensively while going through it even though you have the right of way still play defensive in case some jackass is running a red light you can get clobbered Mm -hmm. you know so no news is good news so if your life continues to be normal that means you paid attention and you didn't get hurt but yet you don't know the difference between getting in a, a deep pile of crap or your life is going on normally Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. You're the guest. I mean, I, I. You know, it's just like a lot of people get pissed off at themselves. Like, damn, I made a wrong turn or I went two miles out of my way. There's a reason for that delay. You might have gotten in a car accident. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have gotten a ticket. You know, there's oh. a reason why you are being delayed. You know, when you're going someplace. So it's like, yeah, it sucks because you want to get to where you need to get to. And it causes anxiety, you know, but at the same token, it's like, you know, it's hard to to fully understand. Again, as a human, you want to just accomplish what you want to accomplish or 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 uh, or, or um, what you call it, you know, do what you want to do or get to where you want to get to understood. But if you're being delayed, there's a reason why you're there's always a reason for everything, always. Even when things suck, there's a reason. When things suck and are not going your way, that's to build your character. So then the next time you're in a situation, you know what to do. But if you keep on repeating repeating the same actions when shit's happening to you, when stuff is happening to you, then you're an idiot. You know, that's the definition of an idiot. 
somebody who keeps on experiencing the same thing over and over again. You're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Mm-hmm. It's not until you change, then you start to, you know, make healthier choices. So people who are always trying to protect their kids from everything or their friends or their relatives from everything, you know, they give them so much or they, or, or they overly do for them so much. So you're taking away all their power because they don't know how to handle the circumstances anymore because they're always dependent on you. And then you get upset because, damn, they don't leave me alone. Every time they have to wipe their ass, they have to call me up. And Yeah, because you're mentally training them that every time they, they can't make a decision for themselves or have common sense because you're overly doing everything for them. Let them make mistakes. Let them figure it out. Make them have to work for whatever. You don't have to protect them from everything. If they're in deep crap, if they're in really deep crap, yeah, you help them out because they're caught in a situation. But to feel responsible for someone's life on a regular basis, it's not just their fault. It's your fault. And you're taking away their spirit. You're taking away their confidence. Uh, they don't know how to think quick wit or to get themselves out of situations because they've always had somebody else do it for them. So so not doing for other people all the time is not is not such a bad thing, you know? So, and, and I believe like when, I, even when I raised my kid, it's like, whatever you put into yourself, I'll match it, but I'm not going to always, I, I provide all the necessities for my kid. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to, you want the extra stuff, the extra good stuff in life, whatever you put into it, I'll match it 50%. You give yourself nothing. That's what you get from me. Nothing. You put in only 25%. I'm only going to put in 25%, but I'm not going to just make it all nicey nice for you you have to learn to survive and make things happen but we're over we're well over the halfway mark here in the time we have slotted here but there's definitely one thing i want to ask you about because you might be the best person to go to uh in the past week to week and a half my wife and i have noticed for lack of a better way of a description a sound in our house that seems to respond to verbal commands it's it's definitely it's uh, a noise that just seems to be conscious, if you will. How should we approach this? What's the best way to take to, to deal with it? Do you welcome it or you don't want it? If it means no harm, I don't see a problem, but it does seem to be annoying, to be the, say the least. Well, again, it's up to you. If It, it will continue so long as you keep on... It's a spirit within your house mm-hmm. that is, did one of your parents pass away? Uh, we've had a couple of losses. Okay. Uh, Cause I feel like it is. All right. So then that's an affirmation to me. Cause I feel like uh, uh, one of your dads passed away. Both of them actually. Okay. Cause it's one of the dads. It's one of the dads who I feel like is making that noise. Mm-hmm. Um. Was one of them not in a position to give you as much as they wanted to, or you didn't get as much from them growing up? I'm sure they both had regrets. I don't want to speak for them, but I, I'm pretty sure if you if they were here, they would be nodding their heads. Okay. Uh, because it's the person, it's the father figure. Like I said, you know, when I was just talking about what I was talking about just now, yeah. And then how you came in, like, again, there's no mistakes. Um, when I was talking about 
not wanting to do so much. I feel like one of them, who is, it was the one who struggled more than the other person. Which father had it harder than the other father? That, probably mine. All right. That's your dad then. That's your dad that's there. Okay. That's who's making the noises. And he's also letting you know, you know, for all what he gave you in life, Mm-hmm. In other words, a lot of challenges, a lot of crap or whatever. Um, he is letting you know right now he is very proud of you. He Thank said you. you were very stubborn. He said you were a very stubborn person growing up um, in many ways. But um, he said, but you always did what you wanted to do. And he goes, doing this right now, what you're doing right now. He thinks it's really cool, and he's very proud of you. He goes, if you did everything that I told you, he says, your, your life would have been a lot more screwed up. So uh, you learned from all his mistakes. And so a lot of times you did the opposite. That's, there's, there's a lot to that. Definitely a yeah. lot to that. You know, so at moments you could have conversations with him, not a lot, but a lot of it was uh, being raised by him with anger and resentments. And so you were just very focused on doing what you wanted to do. You were very determined uh, to go after your career or to go after what you want, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, that was something that was definitely a trait your father didn't have for himself. So that's why he said to be, for you to be a byproduct of him, He's uh, floored or extremely happy that you came out the way you did, even from, you know, it's like, I'm going to say this in a funny way. Mm-hmm. It's like growing crops, but yet, but yet the fertilizer is cow shit. So from cow manure, you came out to be a pretty healthy crop. Not perfect, but a pretty healthy crop. So that's his funny way of, of explaining. That's <laughs> it's definitely, I, uh, you're hitting a lot of points there and I thank you for that. Um, yeah, you shed a lot of light on things for sure. Uh, so, you know, and there's no reason, so you wouldn't be where you are, but you were born into the situation. We know when we're in the spiritual world before we're born into this life, we're the ones who pick our parents. We're the ones who pick how we're going to die and when we're going to die. We already know all this. We are the ones who pick all our major challenges. So if you were born into a world to uh, where your parents gave you everything, you wouldn't have the drive that you have right now. You're very driven, you know, but because you, you, you came into this world with bricks on your back, it made you have to become a stronger person. So, you know, as as much as you might resent what other people might have had, but, you know, the character of who you are became who you are because of your upbringing. So if you could just look at any positive trait that your father might have had. There were many. That you did not, would not have had. Had your father, had you have not experienced witnessing your father in a certain way or how he was, there were certain positive things he did instill in you, even though 
the overall general gist of his personality you didn't appreciate. But there were certain attributes about him, about his personality or about, you know, what he gave to you or shared with you or told you or whatnot. It might have been just few pickings, but those pickings were right. And you took only the good stuff and you and you instilled that. But the negative stuff made you stronger. That's very true. That's very true. Well, we're definitely getting to the end here. I know you've got some stuff that I you're going to get to. Um, but I'd like to make a deal with you, Artie, because I've really enjoyed this whole topic here. Um, would it be possible for me to – I want to get your book. I want to go through it, and I would like to have a chat with you again pretty soon. Okay. Okay. Sounds like a plan. And I'm going to go ahead and make sure everything gets put on our show notes so that people can get links to your books and your website on there. And I want to – go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I just wanted to tell people that, you know, if anybody wants um, a private reading for myself or to have an already party, I'm in Woodbridge, New Jersey, but I'm just as accurate over the phone. So my number is 732-778-7173. And I'll repeat it, 732-778-7173. So you can call me or text me and or you can email me, Artie Hoffman at Gmail. Uh, or just go to my website, artiehoffman.com. And I have a lot of really cool videos on YouTube. So you could also uh, check that out. And I, I discuss about a lot of topics. A lot of mini topics are all about three to five minutes long or so. Strongly recommend that because you're definitely onto a lot of things. And like I said, anything we talked about here, I could probably pick your brain about all afternoon. I, I want to get the chance to do that. Okay, a little out of time. Okay. <laughs> I need to keep some of my brains for myself. Sure. Okay. Well, thanks for talking, Artie, and we'll talk soon. It was a pleasure. Have a great day. Have a good weekend. You too. And stay healthy. <laughs>I would like to thank Artie for being my guest today, and I would like to thank you for listening. The geek resource of this episode is going to be Realm of the Mist, a fantastic podcast network that is actually going to help start distributing Hungry Trilobite. You might be hearing this show for the first time on Realm of the Mist. So if so, welcome, and you can subscribe and check out the other version of the show at my website, www.aaronbossig.com. You can get links to all of our show notes and resources there. And for the community building part of the show, I would like to ask anybody listening to the show now to check out Realm of the Mist and just send them a thank you for carrying the show. If you want to get a hold of me, my email address is bossigpodcast at yahoo.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.